Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayers Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us this morning. But before we jump into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for the laughter you've given us, Lord, that you bring joy into our lives, Lord, that you give us peace, Lord, and that you always provide for us, God. We thank you for our partners and our listeners, Lord, that you are blessing them, Lord, that you are keeping them in the world, Lord, that you are causing them to flourish and to excel. God, we thank you for giving us the mind of Christ, Lord, and seating us in heavenly places with your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, so we can see and know what you're doing, Lord, and be an active part in your plan, God. We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you for your kindness and your compassion, Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that guides us into all truth and shows us things to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning and welcome, everyone. Glad to have you with us as we continue to dive deeper into the Word together. And right now we're continuing our study in the book of Acts. This morning we'll be at chapter 9. So I'd just like to thank you for joining us and especially want to thank our partners, those that help participate in the work of the ministry, namely building the Lord's house and ensuring that the gospel is, gospel is taught and preached to the four corners of the earth. I'd like to thank you for for your part in this, in fulfilling what the Lord's called us and you to do together. To keep, keeping us in prayer, sewing into the ministry, liking, sharing the, uh, the episodes, and subscribing on any number of the platforms you find a day of prayer on. We are thankful to the Lord for you and thankful for your heart towards Him and accomplishing all that He's asked you to do. So thank you. And that being said, let's get in to why we came here, which is to get into the Word and to learn more about our Lord and Savior and to grow in relationship with Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, this morning we're in chapter 9. Can I get a volunteer to read the first nine verses? I will. All right, LaCharles. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord answered, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Hmm. The, the delight in your voice. I know, right? <laughs> says a lot. So, 
clearly you have lost a share then or uh, that you have heard from the Holy Spirit. So whether you go first or not, um, that's entirely up to the Lord and your obedience to him. But at this time, the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share with the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to you. And of course, to ask any questions that you have. So who would like to begin? I'll begin. I had a feeling. <laughs> um, so this I was referencing this yesterday and how this was exactly um, what was happening. But it reminds me of how we were talking offline about what it meant by Paul still breathing threats and murder. And the Lord was just reminding me of he did this so much it became part of him. This was just a natural course of action. And it was like, it's Monday. I'm going to kill somebody. There was a callous on him, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Like, he was mentally calloused against it. So what the Lord was showing me here was that the same is true with sin. We can develop to a certain point where we're no longer affected. There's always an effect, but we no longer think of it in that manner. Meaning that it's no longer a shock. And it's like, this is what I do. And how, you know, the Lord was also showing me here was that when he spoke to Saul, it, I was always amazed that Saul, though he was so staunch against the Lord, had the wherewithal to listen when the Lord spoke to him directly. He didn't try to go in the opposite direction like Jonah and say, no, Lord, I'm not going to do that. But he went and did what the Lord told him, even though he was not saved at this point. And the Lord showed me was that, um, like a long, um, many devotionals back, mom was talking about how there were seeds planted um, inside the Pharisees when the disciples were constantly brought before them for preaching the word and how it was continued to be watered and cultivated. And you can see that beginning to spring forth here um, with this and how Saul was able to listen to and was able to do and did not even try to resist. He knew exactly who it was and he went along with it and he was willing to be changed. Amen. Hmm. But um, I would say the, the moment that he called Jesus Lord, that was his conversion. And yes. then he was able to mm-hmm. go forward. Um, because the next thing we see was... Um, Ananias healing him, and then, you know, he moves forward in his relationship with Christ. But um, let's, let me look up a scripture that no one is able to, to call Jesus the Son of God or call him Lord. Um, but that, you got something, Dean? I'll just say while you're looking that up real quick, I'll fill the gap. Just, um, you know, breathing threats. Yes. Um, so um, breathing there um, is empneho. Uh, and um, its origin from Peneho um, also means to be animated. So you think about that in the context of that as he was breathing, like he's like, he's getting himself worked up, right? Very animated yes. mm-hmm. about it as well, too. So it's pretty obvious to everyone. Like, as they say, like a chip on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like uh, somebody say, enters, enters the room before you mm-hmm. kind of thing. This, mm-hmm. this is the level this was so i think you you know you animated that well as you were reading that <laughs> in that but it's just you know i love to look at the root word so mm-hmm. amen <laughs> amen and we love that you love to look at it dean mm-hmm. oh go ahead can you read that scripture for me darling <laughs> i'm sorry i got <laughs> sidetracked <laughs> uh yes so it's first corinthians twelve three. 
says, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. So there, there's our confirmation that um, Saul had his conversion at that time when he called him Lord. Like, okay, you know. And just because we know God's character and his nature, he's been knocking. He was knocking on his heart. So that's why he already recognized. He was like, all right, you know, put his hands up. I've had to do that with God, you know, put my hands up and go, okay, fine. (laughs) All right. You know, like the police are there. (laughs) Throw down your weapons and put your hands up. That's right. Um, Just to allow God's will to override and supersede what I think should be done. And, you know, I also love to see here that God is defending his people. Not only is he there because he is concerned with Saul and and the the destiny and the call that he has on his life, but he's also protecting his, his children and his family. And God is our father. We have a big God and a big father who loves us and doesn't just turn us over to the adversary or people who are um, coming just to to ravish us. He doesn't leave us to that. And even when we remember the case of Stephen the martyr, because we know who our God is and we know his character and his nature, that was something that Stephen was okay with. He was okay with laying down his life for the Lord, just like Jesus was okay with laying his life down for the Father. And um, in, in regards, in a spiritual sense, we are to do that anyway. That is our call before him is to lay down our life and follow him, lay down the things that we think we should hold on to, lay down our own personal will and living for the the service of our will to live for the service of the will of the Father God that um, the Lord Jesus Christ declares to us through the Holy to us through the Holy Spirit. So that's a part of our walk with him anyway. But the Lord doesn't take things from us against our will. He doesn't make yes. us not go to hell. No more does he make us lay down our life for him. That's something we must, we must willingly do. So I have no doubts that Stephen willingly laid down his life for the Lord versus seeking to save himself. And even here, you know, what I, I love about God is he knows how to speak to his children. He knows how to reach every human heart and give us an opportunity to change. He knew exactly what it would take for Saul to give up his murderous ways and you know, we were snickering about the breathing threats before the podcast. Um, we, we, we started podcasting right on this episode just because it was so natural to him. It was like breathing to, to, to dwell on murdering people and the, the, the uh, vain glory that he got from it and the sense of uh, pride and recognition that he got from it and esteem that he got from his peers for killing people who were preaching the way, the truth and the life that were actually doing the will of God was something that was so second nature to him that it was like breathing. And the Lord wants us to be loving and compassionate and gentle and kind and non-murderous <laughs> as a part of our daily life, that that's so natural to us and, and forgiving others that that's so natural to us that it's like breathing. So that, that clearly paints a contrast in where he was, but also that nobody is too far gone that God can reach them. He knew just how to knock him off his, his proverbial high horse <laughs> to get him to see and recognize that he was doing something wrong, but also to carry out his fulfillment of protecting his children. Charles, did you have anything else? Actually, you you said exactly what I was going to say, Molly. Oh, isn't that? <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We'll go ahead and say your version of it. My, <laughs> uh, oh, that's also what I want to add to it was with it, like, Mama, you're saying that 
the Lord understood how to speak to Paul, and it amazed me. I originally, when I read this the first time, I was thinking Paul was being, um, Saul was being dramatic and just fell to his knees when he saw this light. But Lord showed me that there was like a physical effort within. <laughs> it was not just kumbaya, and you just saw Jesus standing there levitating like an angel. No, there was a confrontation, and it reminded me of how um, Dad says reaction gets re- met with reaction, meaning that. If you do something, it has to be about the same or the same force or greater. So, and this was the exact same. He think about the garden, right? When they came to arrest Jesus, mm. yes, he said, "I'm he," and they they all fell over. That, that's just that was you just spoke. Imagine now he's got this light and all this other stuff going on. Yeah, I think it was pretty pretty heavy mm-hmm. what went down. I'm, yes. I love to watch God's majesty. Now, I don't want to be knocked over. <laughs> I just go willingly. I'll put my hands up, Lord. We don't have to go. We don't have to go there. Just tell me. Just talk to your daughter about it. But I love to see his, his strength. And um, I value that. And I prize it in God. And I also prize his gentleness. But like if God needs to get to it for us, he'll, he'll, he'll go there. He'll do that. And he's able to do both. He's able to protect and reconcile in the same activity, which is even more magnificent and beautiful about our God. So he did. He did give him some oomph. It was probably (laughs) very shocking to him because if he's murdering the people of Jesus, right, that are preaching the way, how was he holding Jesus in his mind as something weak, right? Uh, We we have the the account of earlier in Acts where the the high priest said, well, if if you, Gamaliel told them, you know, if this is nothing, it's going to come to nothing. But if it's something, you're going to find yourself fighting against God. And he was thinking, I'm overpowering them. We got one killed. Let's go. Let's do it again. You know, he's, he's tasted blood. He's thirsting for that. He's looking for it. He's after it. Because also that gives him recognition. That gives him status, right? To say, oh, I killed how many believers? How many did you kill? I killed five with one blow. Oh, okay. So he's thirsting and looking for that kind of thing and also thinking that Jesus is weak because he's able to so easily overpower and overcome. Well, then Jesus shows up in his glory and and just gives him just a smidgy bit. He didn't harm him, but he did enough to get his attention and let him know that, wait a second, you think you are working in the power of God, but you're not. Here's the power of God. Taste that and see that the Lord is good. (laughs) So... And that's just enough to get his attention and give him that opportunity to lay down his life before the Lord and change his ways because he who lives by the sword dies by the sword. So he's heaping up things for himself that he was not paying attention to on the other side of that. So I I love that, that I'll say gentle boldness that the Lord has and the tenacity that he has that is able to save to the uttermost. I appreciate that on all regards. Go ahead, let Charles. And how you further see that happening with the other people who are journeying with him? It didn't say they were all knocked down, like Mr. Dean was talking about in the garden, how they were all knocked down by what he said. But there was varying levels of what the Lord had to do to get across to them. It's not just one person's doing this, so you're all about to get it. It was, okay, I understand where each of you guys are coming from. That's it for now. Amen. Promise. Go ahead. I see you shifting in your chair. Let's go. Okay. So the Lord's talking to me about um first one where it said then Saul he was talking about he was being threats against 
the church and the Lord remind me of how afterwards he changed. And so the Lord remind me of this first there was nothing too great for the Lord and that as soon as he accepted the Lord as a savior, he was able to come back from that. And so the Lord's remind showing me that what that in order for someone to come back from if it's something like that, they have to be willing to do it. And Mari was talking about how that there was glory coming with murdering what murdering the believers. There was um, recognition from humanity. That's in that context of what I meant by glory, vain glory. I'll call it that. Go ahead, sweetheart. And what that to say? No, this is vain, vain glory. No, it's wrong. So I'm not going to do that. And so the Lord reminded me that the Lord already provides the means. Up to means, it's up for the per up to the person to take it. And He reminded me of with a blessing. If let's say I'm given a present and I don't reach out my hands and grab it, then I don't have it. And if I just expect it to be put inside my pocket, then I won't have it still because that's not going to happen. Okay, so you need to receive what the Lord is giving to you, and then you need to um, take possession of it. By And what I mean by that is make it a part of you and a part of your life and your being to receive it. Now, it's always yours. The Lord had already said it was yours. He gives the gifts of God are irrevocable. So he's not a giving it, then taking it back, giving it, then taking it back, giving it, then taking it back. But it's yours. You just don't have possession of it. You just didn't receive it. Healing is all, it already belongs to the body of Christ. It's already done and finished. It's already yours. But if you don't take it and you don't receive it, and that's what I mean by take it, if you don't receive it and accept it from God, then you will live your life without it. But it doesn't change the fact that it was already yours. You just won't get to enjoy it because you choose not to. Or fail to wrap your mind around it. Yes. Yes. Is that what you mean? Is that what you're saying? Yes, mommy. Okay. Carry on, my love. And the Lord's remind me of the people who um, say that they can't give up a habit. And so the Lord showed me that with that, the Lord gives us the means. And if I'm going about inside a lackadaisical way, let me back up. I believe inside Romans, it says, run your own race. And that you're supposed to be striving for perfection. And the Lord is reminding that whenever I'm running a race, I'm not walking. I'm running. And so the Lord is showing me that in order for the person to receive what they already have, they have to be running towards it. And not lackadaisically going towards it. And the Lord reminded me of what... Paul, and when he was preaching the gospel, he wasn't, he was going about it inside of a vigorous manner. He approached everything vigorously, did he not? Yes. I mean, he gives his, I'll say, uh, his certifications, his qualifications in Philippians 3, right? Yes. Um. There's the the colloquialism. He went hard in the paint, right? He <laughs> okay. he went to the utmost. He with everything that was in his being. He studied out 
the word, right? The same intensity that he had in killing folks. Exactly. That loved Jesus. He went to setting, destroying the works of the devil. I'll say that he took the the same cross that Christ had mm-hmm. with the same intensity. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll read that real quick, right? It's, uh, it's in Philippians 3, begins in verse 5, right? Um, and he, he, prior to this verse, he talks about having confidence in the flesh, right? Actually, we'll start with verse 4. Though I, though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I am more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were the were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. That's a incredible, I'll say, resume. Certifications, qualifications, right? Yes. And, but I'll, I'll say this. The Lord knows how to communicate, and we've talked about this. The Lord knows how to communicate to his, to each individual person in a way that they will understand. What did he say to him? It's in Acts 9, verse 5, right? And he said, who are you, Lord? That's Saul talking. And then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. <laughs> Anybody know where that scripture comes from? Tell Ecclesiastes us, 12. We'll begin in verse 9, right? Okay. I'll read 9 through 12. Actually, I'll read 9 through 14. It says... And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find acceptable words, and what was written was upright. Words of truth. And here we have verse 11. The words of the wise are like goads, and the words of scholars are like well-driven nails given by one shepherd. And further, my son, be admonished by these. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is wearisome to the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So, I want to point out verse 11, right? Of Acts chapter 9? Of Ecclesiastes 12. Oh, okay. Verse 11, right? The words of the wise are like goads, and the words of scholars like well-driven nails, given by one shepherd. That shepherd is Christ, right? Yes. He is the the shepherd. Well, Paul, or Saul at this point, has literally searched and studied out the scriptures for words of truth. But again, rejecting the very... I'll say the hinge point to all of the scripture, which John acknowledges in his in the Gospel of John. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, referring to Jesus, right? Yes. Saul at this point was in such resistance and rejecting Jesus. 
while claiming and saying he had studied out and knew the words, which came from one shepherd. So by the Lord saying what he said, right? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. He's acknowledging where Saul was at at that moment, right? Yes. But also, he's he's informing him that he understands his heart in the matter, while still saying, I'm the one, I'm the shepherd that you've been searching for, that you have read about, that you have studied about. Jesus saying, I am he, to Saul. Amen. Right? Amen. Yes. And and that makes all the difference. And And it's interesting how even in that point where it talks about writing many books and, and all these things. How was Saul, about to be Paul, used? To write most of the New Testament. He wrote most of the New Testament. So it wasn't just about, I have this knowledge and now I can put it down on paper and everyone can read it. He let the Lord use him. He threw away all that knowledge, if you will, that he had. And let the Lord teach him. And we find that in Galatians. And I don't know, Dean, you and I have talked about that a number of times. Times where the Lord brought him into the wilderness for, well, 14 years and retaught him the scriptures. And prior to that, he was preaching for three years. So a 17-year span where the Lord was unteaching him, or he was Saul and now Paul, or about to be Paul in this, was unlearning the things that that he thought he knew, the the things he thought that were that he knew and were right in, because isn't that exactly what the Pharisees thought? Even when Jesus was uh, young, was a child, how did he receive all this wisdom? Was their question? They were the experts, supposedly. Supposedly, right? Mm-hmm. But they, that was for all natural purposes. The Pharisees were considered the experts on Scripture. But here is this, well, here's Jesus, right? In the form of a boy, a youth, right? Mm. And he is educating them on the scriptures. And they are amazed. And this went on for, for days. So the Lord knew exactly who Saul is and was and how to reach him, how to communicate to him to inform Saul of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And he he is and will do the exact same thing in your life, in everyone's life. He knows you, even though you may or may not know him or have rejected him up to this point. And if that's the case, I would just ask that you repent and come into a relationship with him. That's his desire is to know you fully, to walk with you in relationship together amen and he knows you and he just wants you to know him amen and you know something that you you said about uh saul i know we're we're past time but i just want to get say this really quickly the same thing that god did that the lord did with the pharisees and teaching them how to rightly divide the word. The word is not bad. The word is good, mm. and it comes from God. Yes. It's the misinterpretation and the mishandling of the word that creates problems and issues and leads people astray from God and causes them to, for Saul, to persecute the very thing that he had supposedly given his life to serve, the way of God. And 
just like in Peter, who had a semblance of what God created him to do, but he did not have the power of God and the correct understanding and knowledge of the word of God being applied in his life. God said, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not breaking you. I'm not destroying you, but I'm taking you and I'm, I'm separating the wheat from the chaff on the inside of you. Mm. And I'm bringing forth with clarity my per- my thoughts and my heart towards you and my way of doing things so that you're able to go forward and my provision that I've placed in you. We saw that with Moses. We see mm-hmm. that in ourselves if we look. I, I knew that I was supposed to do a certain thing, but I'm doing it without Christ in the flesh. And that can only create or, destruction. You mean attempting to do it. Right. Doing it without Christ in, in yeah. the flesh. Exactly. You cannot fulfill but, it. It is impossible. Right. And then it's like, but does God still want me? Yes, he does. Absolutely. Let him separate the wheat from the chaff in you. Amen. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Lord, I just thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us everything that you have, Lord. And I also just thank you for giving us your best, Lord and Lord. Well, I also just thank you for... Just giving us what we need, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to a Day of Prayers morning Bible study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a day of prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.